Welcome to Soccer Morning on World Soccer Talk. Here's your host, Jason Davis. Good morning, everybody. Happy Friday. Welcome into Soccer Morning here on WorldSoccerTalk.com. Yes, we are back after a brief interruption. My sincere apologies for missing yesterday's show. I will make it up to you, I promise. In fact, I've got a, a gift for you today to make it up to you. The, we, we didn't have a Thursday show. I ran into some, some technical difficulties. We're back online today. Everything's looking good. I think all systems go. Trevor, can I get a high sign? We're all straight. Picture looks good. Sound is good. Check, check, check. So here's the gift I'm giving to you. Arlo White from NBC Sports will join us in this show to talk about the English Premier League, which kicks off, I believe, oh, that's right, tomorrow morning, our time. Tomorrow afternoon, their time. Tomorrow morning, our time. Arlo White, the fantastic, fantastic voice of the Premier League in the United States, will join us. We'll go through what to expect in 2015, 2016. Usual suspects at the top, maybe. Some intrigue in the middle. Uh, obviously talking about the, uh, the teams that will face a relegation fight this season. It should be a fantastic discussion with Mr. White. I look forward to that. Let's do... Headlines before we get to him. First and foremost, in the United States of America, Giovanni Dos Santos made his LA Galaxy debut last night in a 5-1 CONCACAF Champions League win by LA over Central of Trinidad and Tobago. He did score in that game, as did Alan Gordon, Rafael Mendiola, who actually came out of that game injured, Jossi Zardes, Ignacio Maganto. Plenty of uh, scoring in that game for LA. A good game for Dos Santos to get his feet wet in. And now they move on to Sunday where they'll face the Seattle Sounders at home and Dos Santos expected to make his MLS debut in that game. Speaking of incoming transfers, the MLS transfer window closed yesterday. If your team did not, excuse me, if your team did not get their business done, then uh, too bad, so sad. San Jose added Panamanian midfielder Annabelle Godoy. Sporting signed Barca B player, former Barca B player, Jordi Quintilla. Quintilla. How do you say that? Columbus signed 25-year-old Argentine center back Gaston Soro. A couple of rumors floating around that there was money on the table for Chicharito Hernandez and for Carlos Vela, and uh, neither one of those moves is happening. Those, those players have European dreams at this point. Interesting news out of Germany. The manager of Eintracht Frankfurt, uh, Armin Vey, has criticized Timmy Chandler for his participation with the U.S. men's national team this summer. Quote, I understand he wants to play there, but it doesn't help me in Eintracht. He needs to ask himself what he wants. They went on to say that Chandler will have to wait in line first before joining the team for in-game action. He, set to, uh, he was set to join, rejoin Eintracht Frankfurt yesterday after the Gold Cup period and uh, whatever break he got. Uh, at, uh, after that tournament, uh, under Thomas Schaff last year, Chandler played, uh, started 25 times or made 25 appearances rather. Manchester United will face Club Bruges in the Champions League playoffs. That draw is done after Bruges defeated Panathinaikos of Greece 4-2 on aggregate in the last round. I believe, uh, Bruges was actually down 2-1 in the first leg and then won 3-0 in the second home leg to beat Panathinaikos and move on to face Manchester United. The other team in Manchester, Manchester City, 
has re-signed Manuel Pellegrini to a contract that will take him through 2017. Remember, City is the is is an aspiring club that continues to try to find the man who can who can actually bring some success in Europe to the club. They've got the Champions League titles under their belt in this new age, but it's the uh, elusive Champions League title that will uh, that has uh, caused them to turn over their managerial position a couple of times, and now Pellegrini. Looks like he's got the mandate to try to get it done again. As I said, Barclays Premier League kicking off tomorrow. We'll talk to Arlo White about it all. Here are a couple of your matches. Manchester United and Tottenham open things up tomorrow morning. We've got defending champions Chelsea hosting Swansea. Arsenal at home versus West Ham. That's a Sunday game. Manchester City opens up on Monday away to West Brom. All right, there's your stage set. That's a perfect opportunity to step aside. Get Arlo White on the phone. We'll have a fantastic, wonderful, brilliant, great discussion about the Premier League. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. You're talking too loud. So far this season, the New York Red Bulls have owned New York City FC, winning both times the two teams have played. One at Red Bull Arena, one at Yankee Stadium. Now it's time for a third go-round as the Red Bulls play host to New York City this Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Soccer Morning listeners, I'd like to invite you to hear my thoughts and analysis live during the game at Rabble.tv. With Rabble, the concept is simple. All you have to do is tune into the broadcast on TV, press the mute button, and then head over to Rabble.tv to listen to the broadcast on your desktop, through your iOS app, and now through your mobile browser. You can join in, too, by posting your questions and observations in the comment section. And if you have an iPhone, install the Rabble TV app and add a comment to the broadcast message board, then listen live via the app. Or why don't you create your own broadcast, call one of your team's games. It's easy. Sign up for free and try it out. Will it be a clean sweep for the Red Bulls in the Hudson River Derby? Or can NYCFC make a difference with Pirlo in midfield? Find out this Sunday with me on Rabble.tv. Welcome back to Soccer Morning on World Soccer Talk with Jason Davis. The music sounds appropriately bombastic enough for the start of the Premier League season. We get underway tomorrow, and uh, the man who will be calling a couple of games this weekend for NBC, Chelsea and Swansea, and then Arsenal and West Ham on a Sunday. Mr. Arlo White joins us now on Soccer Morning. Arlo, how are you? Very well, Jason. How's yourself? I'm, I'm well. I'm ready. I'm ready, you know, for us here, and, yep. and I know you've gone through this routine plenty of times in the past. It's it's set our alarms and and wake ourselves up to to watch some Premier League football tomorrow. What are you What are you most excited for? Oh, so much this year. Um, this will be our third season in NBC Sports calling the Premier League, uh, and we just can't wait to get this thing started, just like you. And I'm sure it's going to fill a void in the weekend mornings for for many people stateside uh, since the uh, since the Premier League ended back in May. Um, in, our, in our first season, we had just the mother of all title races with Liverpool pushing Manchester City right to the wire. It was one for the ages. And last season, and, and this is to their great credit, Chelsea turned it into an absolute procession, didn't they? The record number of days spent in first place and they 
Uh, they ground out in the end, but they earned that right to be able to do that, um, what was a, a well-deserved title. So this year, with the rearming that's happened and the money that's been spent, the, the thing I'm most excited about is the, the potential for an excellent title race. You know, you, you're probably looking at one of four teams, perhaps five, if Liverpool get their, their act together mm. uh, this season, um, which, which is you know, reasonably uh, predictable, but less predictable than, than a lot of other countries. Sure. But, but within that, there could be a really good title race. Yeah, so, that's what I'm really looking forward to getting into. In relative terms, there are several teams as opposed to, as opposed to one or two who could win a title. Yeah. And, yet, and yet you imagine... Chelsea is the on-zone favorite again to repeat, and then some combination of the two Manchester teams and Arsenal. And and why would it not be those top four teams? Uh, what, what kind of wrinkle could we get, Arlo, that may break up that top four? Well, and, and I mentioned them just now. Liverpool, okay, look, they've strengthened the right back with, with Klein. They haven't addressed the goalkeeping issue that is there. Uh, I know Mignolet is criticised, but I don't think he's anywhere near as bad as some people think, uh, particularly the shot stopper. Yeah, okay, he could be better on the floor. Um, uh, and the centre-backs are, are as, as they were, and there's a little bit of an issue at left-back as well, isn't there? So they haven't really strengthened the back line, which is an area of concern. But if you reel off the, the names now of, of the midfield and going forward, it's frightening the firepower that they have. Now, I'm not suggesting we're going to go back to the Suarez Sturridge, uh, Sterling productivity of two seasons ago. But when you say the likes of uh, Ben Teke, you know, Coutinho, uh, Ings and Sturridge, who apparently is ahead of schedule in his, his comeback from, uh, from a long-standing injury, they have an awful lot of power going forward and pace and skill. So if there was to be a team that will break into that top four, I think Liverpool would be the team to push them all the way. And, and it's on a knife's edge, though, for, for Liverpool. If they don't get it right, it could go very mm. wrong. That's the kind of team they seem... And it seems like this is Brendan Rodgers' last stand. If, if he doesn't get... If he doesn't reach uh, the level that, that they're accustomed to or they want to get back to this season, it, it, may, it may be done for him. I think he's focused, he's focused his mind as well. I think he's focused the, the minds of the, of the entire club, Jason, because you know the money that was to to a degree squandered that they got for, for Luis Suarez. Um, I think they got a bit uh, a bit clever last season, didn't they, with, with their recruitment? And they've they've gone through the the trauma of the Raheem Sterling situation, done very well out of it financially. And I think whereas a lot of signings last season were folly, I think this season they, they've spent much better. And, and and I would say though, one player I think will make a huge impact this season now that Steven Gerrard has moved on who was signed uh, out of the Suarez money, was Emre Chan. I think he's going to really step up. He's got all the tools required to be a superstar in the Premier League. So uh, look out the end of the season. All right, let, let's, let's go to London. Because I, I, Arsenal is, is endlessly fascinating for me, Arlo, because they, always, <laughs> they obviously have the talent to challenge for Premier League titles. They rarely do. In the end, they, they fall short. Now, there's talk again that this might be the year. I mean, they'll have to get past Chelsea, clearly. That's a stronger Manchester United squad. City is always going to be good. And Liverpool could could uh, stick their nose in it, but is this good enough? Is this team good enough? Is this Arsenal squad good enough? Do they have to add a striker? Do they have to find a way to get mm. a Benzema in? It's a huge question, Jason, isn't it? I think it's the one on the lips of, of many a Premier League fan throughout the world because the the signs are very good for Arsenal, and, and they looked like they meant business in the Community Shield last weekend against Chelsea. I thought that was a very disciplined performance. Um, they will be keen that it's not a false dawn, and when the real action starts, you know they don't get carried away with their own, you know, reasonable success levels in, in pre-season. Uh, I think you're right. I think they need to add a striker. They, they, they will be a very different team when Giroud starts, and when it, it seems that Walcott will get the nod 
uh, as either a, a backup striker or part of a platoon with uh, with Olivier Giroud. Um, the centre-back issue hasn't gone away for them either, although Petr Cech will infinitely improve them defensively, you know, with his goalkeeper ability, of course, but also his organisational skills, what a great leader he is. Um, so he'll be a terrific man to have around the locker room as well as a sturdy goalkeeper. The, the, one of the big questions for me, look, this, this team will score goals. They have bags of creativity and energy going forward in the, in the attacking midfield positions. Is Francis Coquelin the real deal? Because yeah. it all seems to stem and rely on, on, a, on a disciplined, quality defensive midfielder, something they haven't had before. And we, we've sort of pulled our hair out at, at the naivety of a lot of their performances. And, and, and Mathieu Flamini, who was in that position until December, you know, was regularly called ahead of the ball, wasn't he, when Arsenal were not trying to protect Leeds, trying to add to Leeds, and they came unstuck. So Coquelin, is he mm-hmm. that good? Is he just an improvement on Flamini? If he gets injured, what do Arsenal do in that, in that key position? So they've still got time to strengthen, as all the sides have, but they'd be the questions for me going into a, a potential title uh, raise for Arsenal this season. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't imagine that a title-winning team is, the, is going to be relying on Matthew Flamini very much. Um, you know, the, the, one of the big, big incoming signing, signings for Arsenal, excuse me, Arlo, is, uh, was Peter Cech, obviously. And I guess that there's a sense that he's just so more, he's so much more resolute. Uh, I mean, certainly his experience is, is vast and uh, he has all of the su- success behind him, but is there is there something that he can project forward that maybe gives this uh, this team a bit of a different attitude? Because at various times over the last couple of years, they have seemed a little mentally fragile. Yeah, absolutely. And he's going to bring that solidity, and he's going to bring thirteen you know uh, trophy uh, winning campaigns uh, with him. Eleven you know stellar years at Chelsea. I, I find it interesting when you've been at a club that long and you, you've achieved that sort of legendary status. Of course, you're going to be well thought of. Uh, by your former teammates, but did you see the reaction of, of the Arsenal, sorry, the Chelsea players and staff towards Petr Cech after the Community Shield out on the field there? You know, the hugs, the, the stares, uh, the, the handshakes. He was so fondly well thought of. And, and that's, for, for, as I mentioned before, his goalkeeping quality um, cannot be questioned, but it's what he brings as a human being. You know, I, I've interviewed him many times. I remember one day down at the Cobham training ground in Surrey when we had a locker room to ourselves. He's, he is tall. He's physically uh, commanding, but he has a presence about him as well, and I think he's going to bring that that Arsenal backline. You know, they have been accused, as we've said, of tactical naivety in the past, um, and and as I said, they've frustrated their uh, their fans on many an occasion. But he's going to bring something other than shot stopping capabilities to that Arsenal side this year. He could be one of the big signings going into the new season. Well, that, that, that brings me to the Community Shield, which you mentioned, and it was a very disciplined performance from Arsenal. Certainly, it was fascinating to hear Jose Mourinho criticizing Arsenal's style of play after that match, <laughs> uh, flipping the script on, on Arsene Wenger a bit. And that leads me to that, that question about their relationship or lack thereof. And, uh, you know, I, I've spent some time on my show recently kind of bemoaning the fact we don't have enough of that over here in MLS. I don't know if you like it, I think it's great. I, I know it's it's tabloid and and it it's it's not really part of the game, so to speak. But I think it actually is, and and adds a little color. Yeah, and, and look for it to be cranked up, Jason. If if Arsenal and Chelsea are involved in a tight title race, you know, can you imagine them being sort of level on points or one or two points between them going into the final ten games of the season? And, and Jose Mourinho will have all of those dark arts of his sleeve um, to to really put the pressure psychologically on an Arsenal side that isn't used to necessarily being in that position. And it's been a long time since Arsene Wenger himself was in that position. We know that, that Mourinho rattles Wenger. I mean, again, talking about interviewing these guys, I've been in Arsene Wenger's company so many times and he's erudite. 
he's confident, he's charming, he's intelligent, but he's certainly ruffled by by Mourinho. I think he feels disrespected by him. He's not been able to get his own back on the field. Um, and we have to look back to his thousandth game in charge when they were stuffed six nil. I mean, it was just a humiliating day for Arsene Wenger. Then his reaction last season, going into the technical area and shoving Jose Mourinho, was just extraordinary. And I think Mourinho, you know, is right when he when he perhaps feels that Wenger didn't get uh, the punishment that, that he should have done for for that situation. So it, it bubbles along. I, I completely understand why Wenger would would perhaps ignore him and not want to shake his hand. I think he has been disrespected by Mourinho in the past. But also, let's not forget, you know, encroaching on the technical area and pushing a fellow manager is not behaviour that you necessarily want to encourage in the Premier League. So they clearly don't like each other. There was a little thawing in relations a couple of seasons ago, wasn't there? I think they went on a coaching course together and uh, had a bit of dinner together. So that, that boded well, but no, the gloves are off again. And, and it'll only get worse that there's a, a tight title race between the two. Yeah, look, it is, it is within their prerogative as uh, adult men to not like each other. That's, they're, they're, no, mm. they're not required to do so. Uh, let, let me ask you now, about uh, we'll stay in the in, in the top uh, tier certainly here before we move on a bit uh, Manchester United a, a bunch of new signings obviously Louis van Hull trying to consolidate his position reform this team in his own image uh, we, we've seen some of the names um, the, the Dutch contingent daily Blinn last year obviously Memphis Depay is an incredible player uh, Schweinsteiger uh, uh, there's there's players I'm missing here what does what do you expect out of United this year well I think the fog of Sir Alex's departure is is beginning to clear. Um, whether United can mount a, a true title challenge this season remains to be seen. Whether they finish their spending in the transfer window remains to be seen. And it may be the business that they do in the final two weeks after the season has, has started that might define their season. Because you know we're talking about balanced squads and, and where teams need to strengthen. It's quite clear Manchester United need another striker, don't they? I mean, letting Van Persie go, that was a decision that was made, and, and uh, Louis van Gaal, I'm sure, will, will stick to that. But Wayne Rooney gets injured in October if they haven't signed anybody. Um, and you're looking at a James Wilson or, or players playing out of position. Mm-hmm. That, that's been the big surprise for me, that they haven't strengthened there yet, not to say that they won't. But, you know, this, this, this is a strong side, particularly in the centre of the park. And I think Memphis Depay um, is a wild card and I think he could have a big season for them it looks like David De Gea won't be in goal against Spurs in the big opener tomorrow so that's very interesting that would be a prelude to a move to, to Real Madrid so while Arsenal have strengthened massively in the goalkeeping department it, it appears that United are about to lose arguably the best goalkeeper in the Premier League last season yeah. so you know uh, we, we don't know what to expect at the moment but I think the omens are certainly good and last year they achieved exactly what they set out it was purely top four get back in the Champions League as this great club sort of clambered back to its feet again and dusted itself off after that awful season under David Moyes and this season I don't think top four will be enough I think they've got to challenge for the title uh, to satisfy you know their legions of fans around the world and of course the owners yeah absolutely um, uh, as for Chicharito Hernandez I mean you mentioned their striker group and if Wayne Rooney goes down I mean what, what, what role do you expect Hernandez to play because he's as far as I know, he's going to stay. There, there's still a possibility he leaves. Mm. Uh, he's had MLS interest, and he doesn't want to do that yet. And, and I get, I get his choice to try to make it work at Manchester United, but but I'm not sure he's fancied there. I agree with you, and I, and I, you, you almost don't regard him anymore as a Manchester United player. I know, such as, you know, he, he's been almost cast out, hasn't he? He went to Real Madrid; it didn't work out for him there. Louis van Gaal may have to get somebody in before he lets him go because he may be relying on him at some point this season. And I've seen reports today that there's a huge money offer on the table from Major League Soccer. That would be exciting for the league. Um, but does does uh, the player want to do that at this stage of his career? I, I suspect they're after somebody else so that they can let 
uh, Hernandez go, um, and if they don't get someone, maybe he's got a role to play. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, let's um, let's you know let, let's look at the rest of the table. I mean, those are the four teams we imagine will scrap it out for a title. Uh, in Champions League places, uh, certainly Liverpool will be there. I, I imagine. Are we, are we going to deal with? Uh, are we going to have another year, uh, Arlo, where Spurs are? You know, they they dance around fourth and fifth, and then end up in fifth and sixth, uh, seventh, somewhere in that area. Yeah, it's possible, isn't it? I mean, it, it, this season, this off season, has, has been interesting for the Spurs because they they did a, a lot of business defensively early, and not a great deal since. Um, which is quite settled for Spurs, isn't it? And Pochettino has the has the second uh, crack at it, trying to get into that top four. Um, we'll have to wait and see with them. I mean, actually, they have achieved quite a lot in the last few years. I know people sort of tear their hair out at Spurs and their their attempts to get into the top four, but they've been as consistent in the last couple of seasons as they have been for many many years. Um, but I, in terms of attacking firepower, again, if Harry Kane goes down, and Soldado is sold, and Adibayor goes out, they are short up top, aren't they? As a lot of the sides are, but they, they have added uh, defensive rigidity, I think, with the signings, including Alderweireld, um, Trippier. We'll see um, if DeAndre Yedling gets a look in. It looks like he's down to number three in the depth chart, unless he moves forward and becomes an outright right midfielder, because I think his development this season is going to be the, be key for him and the U.S. national team. But you know, Spurs, I, I wouldn't expect them to break into the top four at all, but they might surprise a few. Yeah, uh, there, there's, uh, you know, there, there's a bunch of teams in that second tier. Clearly, Arlo, I mean, uh, you know, uh, uh, Southampton and Spurs, and uh, whether wherever Liverpool finishes up, there's uh, Everton. Clearly, one of those teams that we imagine is going to be top mm. half or, or or middle of the pack, but but probably not threatening for anything. Uh, any major honors? So, where is the where's the drama in that portion of the table this season? And, and who are you looking to to maybe have a surprise year? Well, I think you're absolutely right with Everton. I expect um, much better from them uh, than they managed last year. And, and you know, I might be flogging a dead horse here, but I keep going on about the Europa League and these Thursday nights. Now, whether the studies have been done that that, that prove that there is in fact uh, no difference in terms of conditions. Uh, to playing Thursday night and, and Sunday as, as it is to playing Wednesday night and Saturday. But psychologically, it does seem to have an effect. And, and the teams that generally finish in the positions to qualify for the Europa League are those that don't have massively deep squads that can cope with the, the rigours of the travel um, and, the, and the added pressure of the amount of games. If you look at West Ham, they, they played a game in June, didn't they, You know, to qualify for this thing. They were knocked out last night. You know what? They, they might secretly um, not be too disappointed with that. I know, I know a lot of fans love to see European football, but yeah. it, for their final season in the in at Upton Park before they go to the Olympic Stadium, I don't think it's done them any harm at all not to be in the Europa League. And it's something that Southampton are going to have to cope with. And there will be a drop-off. I'm sure there will be a drop-off. And another team that experienced this a couple of seasons ago who don't have that millstone around their neck this season are Swansea City. And I expect a lot of them this season. I was chatting to Gary Monk at the Premier League launch the other day. Uh, such a such a bright focused guy, you know, only 36, but a new three-year contract under his belt. He's doing a fine job there. And if you look at the, the signings, they signed AU a Tabanu at left back. Uh, looks to be putting some pressure on Taylor. You know, Ada the striker. Um, they look strong, um, and and I wouldn't be surprised if they're really pushing for for uh, eighth, perhaps seventh. Eighth was their best ever finish last season. Uh, I just think if you look at their key strength, their core strength. It's attacking midfield. Shelby, uh, Cork is the holder, you know, Keeson Young, Sigurdsson, Routledge, Dyer, Montero. There's some quality players there. Can't all play on every every given Saturday, 
Um, that's the choice that Gary Monkey's going to have to make. But I think Swansea City are going to have a really good season for sure. Uh, let's um, before I have to let you go, Arlo. Let's uh, let's go down to the bottom of the table and talk about the the relegation battle this year. Uh, and is there is there is there any concern for your foxes? As there always is, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Course, yeah. I, mean, I think a lot of Leicester fans would fear that the momentum that was built in that astonishing escape last year when they won seven out of the last nine games, you know, there was that ill-fated postseason tour to Thailand um, where three younger players were involved in, in controversy there. They've been let go, of course, by the club. Uh, and then Nigel Pearson was let go. Were those two things linked? You know, most likely they were. Um, Pearson so highly rated and respected by Leicester fans uh, and, and it was the double whammy and that arrived a couple of weeks ago with the announcement that Leicester Van Cambiasso had turned down the offer of a one year contract so, yeah. so two of the leading lights of that of that uh, great escape last season uh, have departed the club and then I think the, the, generally speaking fans are underwhelmed by Claudio Ranieri's uh, appointment as manager a couple of players have come in this week um, but, you know, lesser fans have to be optimistic and they have to give the manager a chance, and they certainly will. And one of the things that, that I'll take away from that great escape was the, the passion and the atmosphere at the KP Stadium towards the end of the, of the season. Amongst the best in the entire league, I thought, last year. And they're going to need that source of support at home this year if they're not going to be embroiled in a relegation battle. Uh, it is Leicester's natural position as a club to be sort of in the lower reaches of the Premier League. And, and, and the fans will love the fact that they're there. Uh, anyway, but um, I actually genuinely believe there will be three teams worse than them, but I think it's going to be touch and go. Well, they, I mean, obviously, we always look at the teams who are coming up and, and wonder if they'll be able to hang on for at least another season. Watford, Bournemouth, and uh, Norwich are the teams coming up, I believe. Uh, and and mm. Bournemouth is an interesting story, getting a lot of attention. Uh, I imagine you'll be interested to to call some of their matches this year. What what exactly are we expecting to see? Uh, and, and for Americans who maybe aren't familiar with Bournemouth, what kind of club are we looking at here? We're looking at a smallish club. It's in a it's a very affluent, um, nice area of the country on the south coast. Um, they have a tiny stadium by Premier League standards. Uh, the Vitality Stadium holds only about eleven thousand, I think. So only a thousand travelling fans will be permitted in uh, on a week by week basis. Um, they're a well-run football club. This is a club that almost went out of business in the fourth division a few years ago. Uh, and like a Phoenix, they've risen from the flames and they've gone up the divisions. And, and it's all under the tutelage of, of a young, bright coach, much, much like the Gary Monk style. We're seeing a lot of these studious, uh, bright young managers come through that, that are homegrown. Um, I think the next step for these sort of guys will be to go on to a big Champions League club. But for the time being, they're at clubs like Swansea and Bournemouth. Um, they're a good footballing club. You know, you don't win the championship by accident, Jason. 46 games. It's an absolute slog. Mm. Uh, and it's often very, very physical. And there's games Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. It's, it's incessant. So to come out on top of that league, there'll be some pretty big football clubs in it. You have to doff your cap in, in Bournemouth's general direction. And I actually think they'll stay up. I know my heart might be ruling my head on this one. Uh, I think they'll do a Blackpool, but slightly better in that they'll get points early. Uh, as teams get used to the season, they get used to playing in the tight confines of the Vitality Stadium. I think they'll surprise a few early, and then they've just got to grimly hang on for dear life. I think Watford are a complete unknown quantity, so I'm tipping them to go down, because I just don't know. They might finish 10th, who knows? Uh, new manager, 10, 12 new players. I don't think Norwich have got enough stardust at the moment to stay up. They could still add before the transfer window closes. So, And I think that the other side, so if, if, if you say Norwich and Watford, would be in the bottom three. I think the other side that I'm really concerned about would be Sunderland, Jason. I, I, I just, they, they've hung on, it seems, for, for a couple of seasons. 
They'll have goals from Jermaine Defoe, but have they got enough quality over the course of a season, despite the, you know, the managerial exploits of, of Dick Advocat? Mm. Have they got enough to stay in the league? I think they're going to struggle. Got to get Jermaine Defoe the ball. Arlo, uh, final question here. You're calling two matches this weekend. I'll remind people that NBC's got everything. I've seen that USA Network is going to be showing games as well, which is mm. fantastic news for, uh, for Premier League viewers. You've got uh, Chelsea and Swansea tomorrow. Arsenal and West Ham on Sunday. Uh, I love the fact that that you're that obviously England is a small enough country. You can do two games on mm. a single weekend. Uh, right. Where do you look forward to the food most? <laughs> well, that's a good question. Uh, certainly not Newcastle, Jason. Uh, <laughs> we used to we used to get a really nice bacon cob, which was fantastic on a cold Saturday at Newcastle. But Mike actually banned all the food in the press oh, room. No. I mean, could could he? annoy the, the media and the journalists anymore. So we, uh, but we're self-sufficient as, a, as an NBC group. We buy our own food, just let me stress. But if, we, if you were to pick out a meal that you had uh, at any ground, I think uh, the, the Emirates and Arsenal is very difficult to beat. They always put on a lovely spread for the media. Arlo White, the voice of the Premier League on NBC. I know you're going to be watching tomorrow, every one of you out there. Arlo, we appreciate the time. Um, best for the new season we'll be watching. Thank you. Thank you, Jason, and thanks, everyone. I know everyone's excited, so hopefully you all enjoy the season and the, uh, and the coverage on NBC. Yeah, absolutely. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll open up the phone lines. Maybe we can get your predictions out there for what you expect out of this Premier League season. Who's going to stay up? Who's going to win the title, etc., and so forth. Soccer Morning, WorldSoccerTalk.com. So far this season, the New York Red Bulls have owned New York City FC, winning both times the two teams have played. One at Red Bull Arena, one at Yankee Stadium. Now it's time for a third go-round as the Red Bulls play host to New York City this Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Soccer Morning listeners, I'd like to invite you to hear my thoughts and analysis live during the game at Rabble.tv. With Rabble, the concept is simple. All you have to do is tune into the broadcast on TV, press the mute button, and then head over to Rabble.tv to listen to the broadcast on your desktop, through your iOS app, and now through your mobile browser. You can join in, too, by posting your questions and observations in the comment section. And if you have an iPhone, install the Rabble TV app and add a comment to the broadcast message board, then listen live via the app. Or why don't you create your own broadcast, call one of your team's games. It's easy. Sign up for free and try it out. Will it be a clean sweep for the Red Bulls in the Hudson River Derby? Or can NYCFC make a difference with Pirlo in midfield? Find out this Sunday with me on Rabble.tv. Welcome back to Soccer Morning on World Soccer Talk with Jason Davis. So that was fun. Arlo White on the show. It's been a while since I've had a chat with Arlo White. I very much enjoy that man. He is uh, he is fantastic. He is uh, he's a very nice person. Uh, he obviously knows his soccer very very well, and he's calling two games on the weekend for the Premier League. And all right, so here is my attitude about the Premier League, and I actually just wrote about this for U.S. soccer players. I am a fan of the Premier League, meaning I will watch the Premier League. If I get up early enough tomorrow, I will turn on that opening game, which is what? Man, see how <laughs> this is, this is the problem though. I forget what the schedule is. Who does Manchester United open with tomorrow? 
Whoever Manchester United opens with tomorrow. Tottenham, that's who it is. I knew that. I knew that. So I will if I if I get up early enough, I will watch Manchester United Tottenham. I will certainly watch Chelsea Swansea, which I think is a twelve thirty Eastern time kickoff. Perfect perfect timing. I will watch Sunday soccer. I will watch Arsenal West Ham, which Arlo's calling. I will watch these things. I will not watch these things as a committed fan of any of the teams involved in the competition. That's not my thing when it comes to the Premier League. I don't have a and I know some people like like shed a tear for me as if I'm missing out somehow. Like, oh, you poor guy. Poor Jason. He doesn't have a team. He needs to have a team. And I, I'm not going to go through one of those artificial processes where I go, hey, guys, let's pick a team for me. Uh, what? Let's, let, let me create a list of criteria. This is what I need to have for my Premier League team. What colors do I like? I prefer teams that have this sort of character. This sort of history, this sort of play. No, I'm not doing that. I'm not Bill Simmons. It's a travesty. Do do Spurs fans like? Do you have you accepted Bill Simmons? Because the man says he's a Spurs fan now because he picked them like back in 07 or whatever it was, 2010 maybe. That's 2010. It wasn't 07. He wasn't that far ahead of the game. Back in 2010, Bill Simmons was like I'm going to get into Premier League soccer. MLS is crap. He did say that by the way. So let's pick a team for me. Well, this team, this team, I don't want to be a, t- a fan of the of Manchester United. They're like the Yankees, and I don't want to be a fan of Chelsea. They're like uh, I don't know the Dodgers. So he just was d- doing that thing that Americans do, which I hate, by the way. Where we've got to compare a team to an American equivalent, try to create an American equivalent, line these things up so we can process like, like as if our brains can't handle the actual history of Manchester United or who they are in the modern soccer context. Bah, six four six eight three two thirty nine zero nine, and I should be happy because I I do very much. I don't know who this is. I I went to you before you got screened. It's just gonna happen. It's a Friday four zero four. Who's this? Hey Jason, this is uh, Daniel. All right, Daniel. There you are. You are you are screened. Not having an EPL club. Do you not have one either? No, because I don't. For me, choosing a club is 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 based on how I feel towards them. I have no, I mean, I, I watch, I'll, I'll watch any Premier League game in right. soccer, but I'm not going to well, fall in love with a team. You know? there, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. You, you say you'll watch any Premier League game. There's a line. I'm probably not watching, I don't know, I'm probably not watching Sunderland Norwich or, I, I mean, there, there's a there's a line. <laughs> Watford Sunderland, you know I'll that watch, thing? Go ahead. I'll I'll watch Watford Sunderland because Watford were just promoted. I want to see what they bring to the table. All right. All right. All right. All right. Fair enough. But I'm with you 100%. And this is what I tell people. And and maybe this sounds a little uh, little elitist. Maybe this sounds a little prima donna-ish, I guess, to say something like, I don't want want to pick a team. I want a team to pick me. I want a team. And and look, really, that's just an organic process where eventually I do pick a team, but it's because... I find myself attracted to some club based on whatever. Either they're they've got a player I really like, or or, or there's something about the way that they play, or I like their met. Well, I mean, that kind of stuff will present itself. But I don't want to like I don't want to go down, go through a process. I don't want to do a formula. I don't want to like add up numbers and then at the end have it spit out my Premier League team. Exactly. You know, it's it's. I mean, to each 
to each their own. And I don't know yeah, who yeah, else giving you crap about not having an EPL club. It well, really shouldn't matter. And and, and and I and I've I've changed my stripes a bit over the over the past couple of years. I used to be one of those people. And here, look, Mike on Twitter. Unless you are from the place or have some sort of family connection, you're only fooling yourself. I'm actually not of that opinion exactly. anymore. I, I I did. I used to be a little bit harder on people who just had like they picked their team in England and oh all of a sudden oh yeah you're the you're a hardcore Liverpool fan sure you are yeah you've been a Liverpool fan for how long for twelve minutes oh, okay and your connection to Liverpool is what oh you you liked uh, Stephen Gerrard's haircut in 1999 okay good for I mean <laughs> you know uh, enough of that but. People come to their clubs for a variety of reasons, and I'm not going to stand here and judge them and throw throw stones. I, I think whatever it is, as long as you're not club hopping, as long as you're not trading one club for another because, oh, they didn't win or something, then, you know, who cares? Who cares how you pick your club? I just can't do it. Uh, when, I was, uh, when I was younger and I would watch uh, Cavani, like I said before, you know, I like – I like Uruguay and I like Cavani and I liked him when he was at Parma and then I followed him through when he was at Napoli. And now since he's at PSG, I follow League One a little bit more than I would have if he wasn't there, you know? Yeah. Even even with Zlatan and those big name signings, just because I have a lot of love for, for Cavani, you know? Yeah, but there's a difference between liking one player and liking a club. I mean, if you had adopted Napoli, are you a Napoli fan? Like, do you, Would you call yourself a Napoli fan? No, no. This was this was this was years ago. This was how how many years ago? Okay, this so, was before I really got into soccer, you know. And okay, then, all right. But so, when he was then when he moved to PSG, I just you know I love PSG, but yeah. then again, I followed the I followed League One, but I'm not, you know, I'm not a PSG fan 100 percent of the way, you know. Yeah, you know, I did this the other day on on Sirius uh, Sirius XM, but I'll do it here too. If you guys want to call in, 646-832-3909. If you have a Premier League club or an English club, it doesn't have to be Premier League because clearly some good teams have gone down recently. Uh, if you have, hold on, Daniel. If you have, if you have a team and you want to call me up and explain to me why that's your team, I'm happy to hear those stories. I mean, again, I'm not going to be critical of, oh, that's not a good enough reason to support X, Y, or Z club. I mean, people come to these things the way they come into these things. You can't really help it. And, and, and I think as, it's also important for those of us who are MLS fans, and I know you are, Daniel, to sort of recognize the pull that England has on American soccer fans. And rather than fight against it or rail against it or get indignant about, oh, you're, oh you picked Manchester United, blah, blah, you know, instead of that stuff, just recognize that we, we need to, this, this thing to live side by side with MLS. And MLS has to get better, and they have to do a better job of attracting fans and you know what, if you want to sell your club in MLS to somebody who's a Manchester United or Chelsea or Arsenal fan, that's good. I mean, that's the way, you know, give them something local to grab onto. I think it can be added to a lot of these people who are, I'm not going to call them snobs. They're just, they, they, were, they were attracted to the vibrancy and the money and the quality and the history of the Premier League, and now you got to sell them on something slightly different. When, when, when it comes to English football or soccer or what have you, I actually do have a team that I like. You know, I I followed them a little bit, and I don't know if you've heard of them. Um, it's Shrewsbury Town. They were just promoted from League Two to League One, and they have their opening game uh, against uh, Millwall tomorrow at ten. If there's a way I could watch it, I'll find it. But the simple fact that they're like a lower level a lower level club and being able to get the promotion from League Two to League One, and hopefully one day we'll see them in the Premier League. 
Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I follow a small club like that. That that's cool. I could dig that. Uh, Shrewsbury Town, Shrewsbury, Shrewsbury. How do you say that? They play. They play. Uh, they play Millwall. Everybody's gonna be rooting for the for Shrewsbury against Millwall. Come on, Daniel. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I appreciate the call, man. So you're you're gonna watch, but you're like you're like me. We might not be rooting for anybody. Appreciate it, man. Have a good weekend, Daniel. All right, there you go. No problem. You I know it. you're excited for Giovanni on Sunday. There's uh, there's Daniel in Atlanta. He's a big uh, LA Galaxy guy. All right, 646-832-3909. Tell me what you're excited about for this weekend. I mean, you know, th- there is something else here. I mean, it- it's Christmas for those of you. It's Christmas Eve for those of you who like the Premier League and have a club you pull for in the Premier League. For me, it's it's that a little bit. I mean, I'm excited for the Premier League. I do like I mean, of course, how can you not be attracted to the Premier League? And Here's the here's the truth. The Premier League was my gateway drug when it came to watching soccer again. After years of sort of not paying attention, when I got back into soccer as an adult, it was because I found Premier League games on Fox Soccer Channel or whatever it was. I mean, we're talking way back. And so it's 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 obvious why people are attracted to it. And again, I think it's important for us MLS fans American soccer fans, NASL fans, whatever you are, just sort of recognize, even if you, uh, whether you like the Premier League or not, is sort of to recognize that there are reasons that people become Premier League fans, and it's not just because they're snobs. They're, they're, there's a legitimate draw there. There's something about that league, and then it's well-marketed, it's got stars, it's got intrigue and drama, like we've talked about with Mourinho and Wenger. I mean, there's there's extra th- elements there that make it, interesting and yeah maybe some of those people who follow are just anglophiles who uh who refuse to give american soccer a chance but so what eventually either they'll come around or they won't there's not a lot you can do about it let's see uh somebody in chicago who's this hey jason it's ellis hey what's up ellis hey it was calling uh to kind of explain why i support manchester united okay because you're a front-running jackass no i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> Go ahead, Alex. Go ahead, Alex. Um, yeah, no, back in uh, 07, uh, 06, I went on my honeymoon, and we uh, went to Malaysia, and we flew on Air Asia, and at that time, uh, Air Asia was a sponsor of Manchester United, and so I bought a uh, t-shirt um, from, uh, you know, on the plane that said, uh, you know, glory and passion. It had, like, a, the Manchester United logo on it. And it just as a reminder of my honeymoon. And, uh, and then I kind of enjoyed kind of wearing that and people saying, oh, what's that? You know, Air Asia. And I was like, oh, yeah, got it for my honeymoon, you know. Okay. And, uh, uh, all right. and, then, uh, and then they picked up Chicharito and uh, Park Ji-sung. My wife's a Korean-American. So, okay, cool. So she, uh, she liked Park Ji-sung there. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, uh, Chicharito is huge here in Chicago, so it was fun kind of repping uh, Manchester United being able to talk being able to talk to people from the Mexican American community who were excited about Chicharito at Man United that kind of thing right the the community aspect yeah. of it was big for you I, I get that I mean um, you know I, again I, I wrote about this phenomenon me not having a team out on the eve of the Premier League season and one thing I recognize and, and and again this is something MLS fans have to realize is um, you're more likely to get into a random discussion about soccer with someone if you wear your Premier League team jersey out in public, 
which I am back and forth on advocating for with adults, or, I mean, over, say, you're wearing your, your MLS team, or if you do wear MLS, it's going to come back to the Premier League. I mean, that's just, again, that's just sort of, sort of the way things are. It's not that MLS isn't getting better and bigger and more popular. It's just that it's clear that the Premier League is where people are drawn. And so when you, you know, I had this, you know, you, you, you ran, you run into, situations where it's like oh you're a soccer guy who you know what do you watch the premier league i mean that's the first question i was at a a little gathering of people last night they found out i was a soccer guy first question was uh are you you know are you ready for the premier league season i watch the premier league i don't really pay attention to mls and it's like okay i'm not gonna be mean about that i'm not gonna be like what's wrong with you jackass i'm i'm going to you know i'm gonna try to engage that person and uh it's just where things are. Ellis, your reason is as good as anybody's, I suppose. But let's just hope the marriage doesn't break up because then they'll be, you'll be soured on Man United. Not that I'm wishing that on you. I'm just saying. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. I'm, well, and, and by, by and by, I, I am a Chicago Fire season ticket holder. Oh, no. I wasn't doubting your, your chops as a soccer fan and an MLS fan. In fact, I, oh, yeah. I, I think I knew that. But, but you know, again, what we do go through these mental gymnastics to get us to the point where we can support a team thousands of miles in an ocean away without feeling feeling guilty about it i don't know if you had any guilt over your manchester united fandom at all but that's what's stopping me is i'm not going to go to the to you know i'm not going to be able to decide i'm a a liverpool fan or an arsenal fan or whatever because i'll feel guilty about it because i've never been there and i've never seen the stadium and i don't know you know I, i my family's not not from Liverpool or from London, and I don't have, you know, it, it, I don't even have that whole player thing. I mean, I, I used to watch Fulham a lot, but that doesn't mean I was a Fulham fan. They just had Americans. I used to, you know, I, I, I care about Stoke only insofar as Jeff Cameron gets to play. You know, that, that's where I am. Yeah, same here, yeah. All right, thanks for the call, Alice. Appreciate it, man. I yeah, appreciate it, Jason. All right. All right. Oh, we've got a, let's see, a dissenting opinion. Turning down the volume to not listen to these sob Premier League why I'm a fan stories. I think it's a good time to take a deuce. That's from William on Twitter. So William doesn't want to hear these stories. Uh, that doesn't mean we have to stop. Look, it's Friday. Again, look, it's a big MLS weekend. I'm not going to give MLS short shrift today. The transfer window just closed. Last night, deadline, whatever. It was deadline day, the, the, the acquisition window, whatever we're calling it in MLS. That closed yesterday. Some of these teams have strengthened. We can talk about what's coming up on the MLS weekend as well. Toronto and Sporting in a big match at BMO Field. Can Jovinko continue his incredible play against a better defensive team in Sporting? You got DC United going up to Montreal, a game I wrote something about for ESPN FC just very briefly. Can they continue their big scoring ways on the road away from RFK now that uh, they have Alvaro Sabarillo in the mix? Uh, you've got LA and Seattle on Sunday, a big match in the Western Conference. Usually two teams that have established themselves as rivals for championships. Now LA has gotten the best of things and Seattle has scuffled through a very bad uh, stretch here. But maybe this is an opportunity for Seattle to get back on the right side. I don't know if they're going to do it at home. I mean, at you know, at LA, where the Galaxy are very good. But we also have the Giovanni Dos Santos storyline. He should be playing on Sunday. And then you have NYCFC visiting the Red Bulls for the final match of that Hudson River Derby. Both of those games, Trevor, both of those games won by Red Bulls, right? 
so far. There were there's this is the third one. Both of the first one run by Red Bull. So look, if NYCFC wants to get any measure of revenge, they're gonna have to do it on the road across the river in New Jersey. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I also wanted to touch on where's Pracky because guys, where's Pracky? What where is Pracky? Anybody? I almost asked Arlo away because. There was the Leicester connection for a little while, but you know they they signed Ranieri. Arlo's in. I mean, maybe Arlo's seen Pracky in England somewhere. I should have asked Arlo. I mean, if anybody's going to know if Pracky is in England, it's going to be Arlo White. Probably six four six eight three two thirty nine zero nine on a Friday. Get your calls in. Tell me what you're most excited about this weekend. Tell me about your Premier League team. I'm happy to hear these stories, even if William doesn't want to. And look, here's here's a good point. Lingabao on Twitter. I don't have to defend why I love Hong Kong action movies. Why do I need to defend loving an English soccer team? Well, first of all, if you feel the need to defend it, that probably has, says more about you than the people around you. And I'm not asking anyone to call in and defend their team. I'm just asking for your story. This is, it's not a defense. Alice said he bought something with a Manchester United logo on it when he took his honeymoon. That's it. That's the story. <clears throat> that's not a defense. I mean, if it was a defense and you had people who are of the more stringent fandom school of thought, the, the type of people who go, you're not allowed to be a fan of that team unless you're from there. Or you're not allowed to be a fan of that team unless your grandfather had season tickets. That, by the way, is how I came to be a fan of my NFL team because my parents are from a city I've never lived in. And my grandfather was a season ticket holder the day the team started. That's that's my defense if I need to make one of my NFL team. We all have these things. My baseball team, which is barely my baseball team anymore. I, look, I'm still a fan. I just don't follow day-to-day, and they suck right now, much to Trevor's pleasure. I came to that because I lived in the city where they play for a while. It's so delicious, Trevor says, yeah. By the way, when this show breaks up, it's going to happen over baseball. It's not going to happen over soccer. 646-832-3909. Don't be lazy on a Friday, guys. Come on, pick up the pace. I didn't give you a show yesterday. That was my fault. I'm sorry. We're back on the air. We're we're all systems go here. We talked to Arlo White to to preview the Premier League season, which was a great chat. Now it's your opportunity to jump in. 646-832-3909. 646-832-3909. If you don't call, then we have to shut the show down because this is your section. This is your time. This is when I talk to you. If I'm not talking to you, there's no point to me being on the air because otherwise it's me talking to myself or to Trevor who never responds because he doesn't have a good enough microphone and because Yankee fans are scaredy cats. That's the <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. Kidding, of course. All right, let's go to Jason in uh, New Jersey. What's up, Jason? Hey, good morning, Mr. Davis. Uh, I don't know if you got to watch the Toronto-Orlando game the other night. Uh, I think it was a very good game to watch, and uh, you know, Chief Inko's performance certainly stood out. I think the Eastern Conference in MLS is uh, very entertaining uh, this year, much more interesting than the West, I think. And uh, for Chief Inko specifically, uh, if he continues to perform like this, I wonder if he will attract interest from uh, 
you know, the likes of Man United or Chelsea in the January transfer window. <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, look, the, the guy's incredibly talented. I, I do look, regardless of how well he's playing here, there's going to be a ceiling on what kind of interest he's going to garner, no matter how many goals he's scoring in MLS. I think, you know, he has, he's got a reputation as a good player, but he never really got off the bench for Juventus. It's not as if he's some sort of fixture in the Italian national team. So if there is interest, it's going to come from, you know, there's plenty of money in England. It may come from a mid, a mid table team. Um, I could see, I could see a, a, a top half Italian team not named Juventus, Roma, uh, or I don't know, AC Milan coming after him. I mean, any of those teams could come after him if they thought they could pry him away. It's just a matter of whether, uh, whether TFC is even willing or, you know, whether they have any interest at all. If he leads them to a playoff place this year, Jason, he's the MVP. He's the most important player in MLS. And I don't think you can sell him for $10 million. Well, I agree, no doubt. Uh, I certainly hope Toronto makes the uh, playoffs. They're a very interesting team to watch, uh, um, and I look forward to them to do very well. Like I said, East in general, I think, is very um, interesting this year. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm I hope in- Orlando also makes the playoffs. Yeah, I'm intrigued by Orlando. Um, I'm interested to see if DC United is, has completely changed what they do or if this is just a blip in terms of all this goal scoring and you know, giving up goals. They've given up. They scored nine over the last two games, but they've also given up five, uh, or no, six, and they don't want to do that. Uh, yeah, I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure DC can keep up uh, this pace. I, I see them uh, falling at some point. They don't show up their defense. Absolutely, they need to work on that. And that was their strength for so much of the season. They were grinding things out: one nothing, two nothing, two one. Now they're scoring a bunch of goals, but they're shipping goals, and you can't imagine that it's going to hold up in the playoffs. It's almost the opposite of what happened last year. They didn't have enough goal scoring last year to get through and beat the Red Bulls. Now this year, you're like, oh, well, they don't have enough defense. All of a sudden, again, after grinding things out for so long. Jason, I appreciate the call. No problem. All right, there goes Jason. Let's uh, talk to my man Washington up in NYC. Want to talk about his team. What's going on, Washington? Hey, how's it going, Jason? Yeah, man, uh, I'm uh, going to Harrison this weekend. Ooh. We're gonna have a good time. Belly and of the you're beast, right? Uh, Belly of the beast, right? You're, you're making. You're that's go- right. The bu- you're going to Jersey now. If my understanding is correct, when people from New York who live in New York go to Jersey, it like like th- this is a big deal, right? This is like. It is a big this deal. Is like this is like crossing the only time the- ever <laughs> I've ever gone to New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> the only time ever. Oh my god. All right, go ahead. I think I've driven through it a couple of times, maybe. Um, no, well, you were right when you said, you know, NY, uh, the Red Bull won the first two meetings, right? The one at uh, Red Bull Arena and then the one at Yankee Stadium. But they that was, you know, we didn't have all our guns oh, firing sure. at that time. Sure. This is the first time I think we're going to meet. Not that I think. I know that we're going to meet them when we have Via, Prelo, and Rampart. Yeah, but, but, Washington, um, but Washington. I'm just wondering. Go Washington. Ahead. The question is whether or not all those guns are firing in the same direction. Yeah, that and that's the reason I was calling in and talk to you. I was, do you think, first of all, if all three of them are going to be on the field at the same time this weekend, and if they are, how they're going to play with each other? Man, I hope they are, because I mean, what what's the point of signing them all and bringing them all in and finally getting Lampard healthy if you're not going to play them all together? Now, again, exactly. we saw you know we, lots of lots was made of what happened last week against Montreal and sort of. How Pirlo was spun like a top and not able to cover the ground you need out of 
uh, the ground that you need covered uh, from a defensive midfielder in this league. So now, I, I mean, I, I imagine Jason Christ just in the laboratory, like, okay, I mix this and this. If I move, if I, uh, you know, if I move, uh, you know, I don't even know what pieces they have now. My my brain's cramping up on me. Who would you even play with him? How, how would you even deploy this? You play a, a double pivot type of situation, maybe like an empty bucket, but then you don't have anybody in that, you know, in the hole, and you probably need somebody in the hole to provide the ball to. To to via maybe Poku plays there. I don't know. I mean, it's a it's a big question. No, I mean, I, and I'm with you that that's exactly the questions that I'm having. Is like who, who, how do how do we organize this? Who who do we put? Do we put all three? Do we start all three? Are all of them 90 minute players at this point in their lives? Uh, you know, I, I I'm just uh, I'm wondering all that. I do think if it's organized correctly, we have a shot at winning. Now, um, a lot of people forget because they're like, oh yeah, NYCFC sucks. We they forget that we are an expansion team. As big as we are, we are an expansion team, and you know, we, there's a learning curve. So. I'm NYCFC for life, no oh, matter what. Oh, I know you are. Washington. I want people to remember that. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, and you guys are, you know, you're three points back of Orlando. You're four points back of Montreal. Yeah, you've, you've played two more games in Montreal, but, you know, it's it's not a disaster right now. I mean, there's two teams below you in the standing, so at least you're not as bad as Philly or Chicago. Um, you know what, Pier- and the thing about Pirlo, what's, what's fascinating, what's, what's going to play out here, you know what LA's done with Gerard, where they've, uh, look, obviously, in, earlier in his career, Jay, Gerard was a was a box to box guy. He was going to cover tons of ground from eighteen to eighteen. He was going to take some shots. He, he could score from long range. He could pop up in the box every now and then on a light run. That's never been Pirlo's game, right? Pirlo's a, the the, the deep line playmaker. That the classically a deep line playmaker. He's the guy who's rank, like he's the guy on the basketball court who can't hit the fifteen footer, but strokes it from three all day, right? So how do you <laughs> uh-huh. how do you get him? appropriately distanced from his teammates so he can drop in those 40-yard balls right on their foot. I mean, I think the dream is obviously Andrea Pirlo just you know, hitting those hitting those uh those shot those uh, passes to to Via over the top. Via with his incredible first touch dropping them down, cutting inside, boom goal. And 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 that's exactly because I saw him. I, I was at Yankee Stadium when they played uh, Orlando, and I I saw that five three victory. That that's exactly the combo that they used once he came in for his debut. So you know, I, I agree with you. I think that's the that's the way to go. Yeah, uh, watch. We'll see what happens. Um, you know, I, it, take it, care, my man. It would be more interesting. Thanks a lot for the rivalry. If NYCFC won this weekend, I mean, the the Red Bulls are clearly a much better team than NYCFC right now, but. And they, they're going to work in their own debut, debut, debutante, probably this weekend, right? Verone's going to play, probably. Where does he play? How does he fit in? Who, who, Trevor, I know you're not a Red Bulls fan, but you know the Red Bulls a bit. Who loses out in the, in the, in the Red Bulls lineup because now they've got Verone in? It, it, I mean, you know, there's Felipe, maybe. There's a lot of questions to be asked. Uh, that that's what the summer of MLS and this with transfer windows in general do. They they reform teams, and now we we're going to see something different. I mean, we're going to see something different out of NYCFC because they've got all three of their big names in, and they've added some other pieces. We've got um, some other things. Uh, we'll see what happens with the Red Bulls this weekend. All right, a couple of things here on Twitter that I wanted to get to. Just some thoughts on this whole picking your Premier League team situation. Uh, da 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 da. Uh, let's see, Avid Reyes says, I'm with Mike. There's no point to having an EPL team. Uh, if you have no link to, to a team, just watch because there is a game on. Okay. Uh, as in, you know, don't manufacture your links or don't, uh, don't fake it. 
I guess. Um, and then we've got James who says Ray Houghton scored in Italy versus Italy in 94, and Bob Lee called Ray Houghton of Aston Villa. He liked the name and chose the club because it was Aston Villa. I imagine James was a young lad in 1994. I, I, I Look, I used to have teams I liked specifically because they their name sounded cool and I you know I saw them in like FIFA games when I was a kid I didn't know any better I thought Sheffield Wednesday was the coolest name ever I thought QPR was a cool name now obviously I'm not a QPR fan but there it is uh, I, I almost became a Juventus fan early in life because they just were badass in, in FIFA back in the day uh, Wes on Twitter Wes from Business of Soccer I'm a massive uh, Liverpool fan because favorite coach when I was six uh, was from uh, from Liverpool, and it stuck. There you go. All right. And Avid's asking about, oh, no, one more. Fernando says, I picked West Ham as my team. It's cool to say I'm a hammer, but I admit I'm a pretender. Love watching all Premier League. Uh, and Avid with the question about the leak, leaked USA crest that has uh, been bouncing around for a couple of days. Now, I mentioned this. I'm sorry. I mentioned this on the satellite show and forgot to mention it here. I've seen it. It's great. Uh, it's a way, it's a huge upgrade over what we've got right now. Do it right now. Do it yesterday. Make it happen. If this is what's going to come out in 2016, that's fantastic. Please confirm it so I don't have to wonder if this is just a, a hoax out there. I know the website that it came through is usually reliable. I think they may have had the bomb pop kits first, but I want to be sure. It's a huge upgrade. There's no soccer ball in it. No soccer, no mention of soccer. I, I, I guess we don't need that anymore. I mean, I'm okay without having that. But then, then again, you know, you do wonder. There's nothing necessarily wrong with having a ball in there somewhere. I'm a little against the Telstar standard black and white panel ball. And I don't like the motion lines. Pew, pew, pew. But other than that, it's okay to have a ball. Barcelona's got a ball in their badge. Why can't we have a ball? All right. Seems like a good place to close it down. Friday edition of Soccer Morning. Fantastic talking to Arlo White from NBC Sports. I know you'll all be watching Premier League this weekend. We've uh, we've got shirts, T-shirts over at backheel.com slash store and mugs. They come in beautiful. Is there other colors? Just the white. Just the white with the... Yellow logo. Uh, I'm sorry. It's Avid and not Avid. All right. Avid on Twitter. Thank you, Avid. Thank you to everybody that called in. We'll talk to you guys on Monday. Later. Later.